Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, you're listening to the DPC podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things dead parent, the good, the bad and the banter, hosted by Sam and Kat. On this week's episode, we have a great guy called Josh Worth. Josh approached us on Instagram after finding us and wanted to get involved. So obviously, like we would, we invited him onto the podcast, and I can honestly say that this is up there with one of my favourites. Um, Josh lost his dad very suddenly, just over a year ago. His mindset is incredible. Me and Sam love talking to him so much. We talk about navigating grief and late onset grief how we cope with grief in the workplace, how important exercise and health are for your mindset and your body, struggling to find the emotional capacity to stop relationships with people, and just how his life has completely changed, and now he chooses to chase happiness, and it doesn't matter what you do in life, but that is the most important thing. He has a side business as well, which he speaks about, which was born from his experience, um, as a personal branding expert, you can find him on Instagram at J O S H W O R T H H. Definitely give him a follow, and yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as we enjoyed recording it. Um, so, more about you. Where are you from? So, I'm originally from uh, Telford in Shropshire, uh, but I've recently moved to London. So, as of uh, a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations! Oh wow, how are you finding it? Yeah, thank you. It's great to be honest. I think I've settled in really well. It's it's a very different vibe. So, Telford is very small, uh, very small town mentality. Uh, mm. But because I lived in Sydney, I kind of needed a change. Like, I, I just wanted to get out there a bit more and just enjoy myself. How long were you in Sydney for? Uh, so in Sydney for a year and a half. Um, and I was in Melbourne for a little bit as well. I swear you've definitely got a twang to your accent. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, oh, well, you definitely don't sound like you're from Talbot. It's the affliction, isn't it? Like the ending sometimes, I, I get that quite a yeah. lot. I mean, it's a blessing. I'd rather have a slight Aussie twang than a, than a Telford accent for sure. You don't sound like you're from Telford whatsoever. I thought you were definitely from down south. Cool. Well, I'll take that as a 
no offense to the Midlanders out there. Yeah, come on, Catherine. <laughs> have you listened to any of the podcasts? I have. Yeah, I've listened to bits. Um, I haven't listened to the latest one, uh, but honestly, I'm blown away by what you guys are doing. I think it's absolutely awesome. Um, so massive oh. credit to to what you've what you've done. I, I think it's incredible that you're able to turn something so awful into something so positive for other people it, it takes oh. an awful lot like to be to put yourself in a situation so yeah well done you know what it's something that I had never thought of before because I think when we originally set this up I don't think we thought it was going to be a positive platform we didn't I don't think we consciously thought oh we're going to kind of make it a positive place to be yeah. but that's just how it's happened isn't it Sam like, I've had a few people yeah. say I mean, I really like the way that you guys don't focus on the negative stuff all the time and you kind of highlight the good stuff. And that's actually so true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know what I think as well is because you set out that way without those intentions. That's mm. why it's so good because you're so authentic. Uh, and I was like, that trumps everything at the moment, right? You've got to be authentic and success comes when you're your, your true self and you put yourself out there in a vulnerable way because people resonate with that. Like if you had intentions of, getting like a million followers or a million downloads then it shows because you're trying hard whereas you've done yeah. the complete opposite and just not expected anything but as a result you've had the success so far that you've had yeah honestly we thought oh like I bet we'll get like a few few like downloads here and there like <laughs> and suddenly it's just kind of it snowballed a little bit like over time which is so cool yeah well, that's great that, mate so we will dive right in yeah. so Actually, one thing. How old are you? I've found. I'd just like to know. <laughs> so I'm I'm 27. You're 27. Nice age. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean are you, are you a fellow 27 year old? <laughs> I mean, I'm not. No, but I imagine 27 is quite. I think about life now, and I think about life at 27, and I think maybe life will be a little bit more like. Yeah, I'm, I've got a bit more together at 27. You know. <laughs> <laughs> how old are you both? I'm still 23. Yeah, wait, Catherine. I can't believe you're still 23. We don't like I've been stuck in time for like years. She's nearly 24 and I'm 25. Wow, so young. You've got such a big life ahead of you. (laughs) These these are the important years. The next couple of years, you'll find that, like, oh man, it just. Oh, damn, that really freaks me out. We'll suddenly suddenly blossom, Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I really hope so. <laughs> it's needed. Oh god. So Josh, obviously this is the DPC podcast. Can you please tell us how you are affiliated? What's your story? I'm in the DPC because my dad died last year uh in March, the March 1st in fact. Um and it was a complete shock to us. So uh a few days prior to that on uh, a Sunday evening I was laying on my bed. My parents are downstairs. My sister was downstairs as well, I think. And I heard this like shriek from my mom, like Josh, like Josh, you need to get down here now. Um, it, it's funny how you you remember like every single minute detail mm. about everything. Uh, and so I went downstairs as you would. And my dad was clutching his chest. Um, he was like super sweaty, like real, like he was trying to rip all his clothes off in the kitchen. Um so initially, obviously, your your mind thinks, "Oh God, like, is he having a heart attack?" Um, which was what we thought was was the case to start with. So, um, my sister was quite upset at this point. Like, I mean, rightly so. It's, it's quite an intense moment. Mm. But 
I, I feel like I've got quite a cool head in this situation. So I was like, right. So I sat her down on the stairs away from it. So she couldn't see dad in pain. Um, and I said, right, you, we need someone to call an ambulance. So can you please do that? Um, meanwhile, I ran over to one of our neighbors uh, who is or was a, a fireman, um, a family of firefighters. So uh, father, son, daughter. So oh, wow. thinking, right, first aid, let's let's see if, if they could kind of suss out the situation. So um, I ran over brought them over um, and they were weren't really sure what was happening um in fact actually uh, the, the one the daughter's girlfriend um she is a qualified nurse uh, so she came over as well she was there at the time and she was just uh, speaking to my dad trying to calm him down because we didn't really know what to do uh, meanwhile my sister had called the ambulance and uh, it felt like forever like i literally it's it feels like the longest period I've ever had to wait for an ambulance to arrive um, so how was, long were you waiting do you know I, I honestly couldn't tell you like it, it, yeah. it was such a blur um I was pacing up and down the kitchen you know trying to support my dad make sure he was okay they arrive and, and everything like slows down they're very controlled um they obviously don't get caught up in the situation which is which is great it's, it's their job um and initially they kind of thought well he's having a heart attack like it makes sense so in Telford, there are two hospitals. There is Telford and Shrewsbury. Um, so they were quite indecisive on which hospital to go to. In the end, they took him to um, Telford Hospital uh, and then said, right, we need to move him uh, and, and, and we need to, to transfer him because uh, they're not quite sure that it is a heart attack and they need to investigate further. So... Uh, they decided to take him to Stoke Hospital. Um, Is he still in pain at this point? Yeah, so he's still in pain at this point. He had had like four rounds of morphine, or three or four rounds oh, of morphine. Wow. Um, and he was still in pain. Like you, you could physically see it. Um, in fact, I've even got the detail wrong. It was, uh, so he went to Shrewsbury Hospital. And I, I can remember seeing it now. Um, and we were waiting in, in the room, as you do, as, as a family members, whilst he was in A&E. Uh, and then they decided to move up to Stoke, which is from us, it's about 45 minutes to an hour away. Yeah. Um, and up until this point, I was completely calm. I was like, right, okay, this it's okay. He's in good hands. Um, everything seems to be okay. They, they, they're dealing with it. And then I remember as he got wheeled into the ambulance outside the hospital to go on the trip up to Stoke, um, I like walked ahead of my sister and I was like literally just burst into tears, like trying to keep Aww. it together enough so that my sister wouldn't see um, because then I was going to drive the two of us up to Stoke Hospital. But like seeing someone you love in, in pain is not a nice feeling, like especially yeah. because he'd been in pain at this point for maybe an hour and a half. Um, so you know that it's, it's not great, right? It's like it, there's something wrong there. Mm. Yeah. Um, so then fast forward to uh, Stoke Hospital. Uh, as you can imagine, I raced up to Stoke and, and um, just about beat the ambulance up there. Um, and then he gets into uh, one of the wards and there seems to be like no news for ages. By this point, we'd called my brother uh, who is or who lives in High Wycombe. Uh, so he made the journey up from High Wycombe oh, to Stoke. Far. So it's a long way, right? So it's like two mm. and a half hours. Um, so he'd made the journey up there. He was with my mom in the waiting room and they kept coming backwards, uh, back and forth saying, uh, okay, so we're not quite sure it's a heart attack. It could be something else. Um, then it changed to, okay, he's definitely had a heart attack. Uh, and then it changed again to, okay, it's definitely not a heart attack. 
Oh my uh, we God. actually think it's what's called um, a, and it's completely eluded me now. Aortic dissection. That's it. So essentially, um, what an aortic dissection is uh, is the main artery that pumps blood away from your heart. It kind of comes out of your heart at the uh, top, I believe, and then wraps around towards your back, and then bends all the way down to feed the rest of your body. So okay. um, it's quite it's quite a complex artery and it's, like, it's, a, it's a major artery isn't it yeah well? yeah it's, it's the main yeah. feeder of blood to the bottom half of your body away, away from your heart so yeah. um, what happened is he'd suffered uh, a rupture out of the blue Ooh. in that artery like really close to his heart and obviously at the time nobody knows because it's a very similar symptom to a heart attack so uh, the the difficulty there is that you have a lot of blood loss um obviously immense amounts of pain because your heart is essentially trying to pump blood and it's not going anywhere. So it's really mm. struggling. Um, so he goes in, he goes into one of the waiting rooms. Um, he seems to be pretty stable. He's had a lot of morphine at this, this point. Um, so we all go in and, and, and take turns to talk to him. And he, they, they said to us, he needs to go in for surgery and there is a high probability that he won't make it out. So you can imagine at this point that like the, the emotions around everybody, like, Naturally, I'm, I'm I'm one of those people in the family that tries to uh, keep everybody sane, or like I try to look after everybody and protect everybody and look on the positive side. Like I've always been a, po- a super positive guy. Yeah. Um, but this moment, like I I remember thinking like this is this is serious now. Like there is a very high chance here that that he's not going to make it. Um. And so you know we all said like our goodbyes in like a non goodbye way, which was quite strange. Um, told him I loved him. And something I, I never used to do very often. Like as a family, we never really told each other that we loved each other. It was just kind of like mm, a given. Yeah. Um, and then the hardest thing that I've ever had to see was um, that my mom uh, had to take his wedding ring off. So mm. he was like, Oh God, like, no, I, I don't want him to take it off. Like, please don't, don't let, don't let them take it off. And so my mom was like, look, you know, it has to be done because if you're going in for surgery, you can't have metals in there and stuff. So she took it off and she was distraught, like you know, trying to pick someone up off that. It's just, it's, it's such a crazy feeling. And he goes to have a surgery and he he makes it through the first surgery. So he, he gets a stent put in, which is essentially a piece of like piping that, um, that gets inserted into the artery and expands so that it stops the blood flow from escaping. Um, but then they tell us that it had failed. Um, so they wanted to put him in for a second time. Now, by this time, uh, there's crazy amounts of snow outside. Uh, we have to make the drive back every night from Stoke to Telford uh, because they say, you know, he's stable. Like, there's no real point to you being here yeah. because, you know, we don't really know. Um, and so on the Wednesday, we head back up. And at this point, he deteriorated. Um, he wasn't really talking much he was out of it pretty much all day like he'd obviously been through pretty intense uh, surgery so wednesday was pretty much like a write-off in terms of getting to talk to him um mm. and then thursday comes so wednesday night mom said like, let's just go back we'll come back in the morning fingers crossed it'll be okay he won't need to go in for a second surgery um because they they weren't sure that it was entirely needed they kind of wanted things to settle down first because as you can imagine after surgery like it it messes yeah, the whole it's a body huge up. Risk, isn't it? Yeah, ex- okay. exactly. So on the Thursday, we're traveling, um, and 
my mom gets a phone call. So we're traveling in two separate cars, uh, me and my brother, my sister and my mom in a, in a different car. Um, and my mom gets a phone call. She pulls over uh, and only find out about this like after, after she called us. And uh, the doctor said, oh, hey, are you, are you nearby? Like, are you coming? And mom's like, yeah, we're on our way. Like, what's wrong? And they said, oh, no, it's okay. Like, we'll talk to you when you get here. Um, oh. So as you can imagine, it's a bit like, oh, God, like, yeah. what's, what, what's happening? Um, so we, we get there and um we find out that uh in fact actually yeah so we we arrived my brother and uh, i arrived first and then the nurse and and, and uh, well two nurses a male and a female walked out and said like, like can we talk to you in this room and we said uh like can you wait for mom and my sister to get here and they both looked at each other like really sheepishly um to kind of be like okay uh what do we do and at this point, like I knew, like it, it was abundantly obvious what 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 they were about to deliver to us. Um, so we waited, we waited for mom and my sister to get to, to get there. Fifteen minutes later, and um, yeah, so they delivered the news that dad hadn't made it, um, and yeah, he he'd sadly passed away. And it was like the craziest feeling you can't even yeah. explain like I remember everything from that that waiting room we were sat in like where everybody was sat like what the walls looked like you know what the emotions on people's faces were I remember mm-hmm. seeing like the clock in the corner and like the tissues on the side that it's such a sterile environment mm-hmm. and anybody that's been through this like and and had the, the whole hospital experience will appreciate yeah. this, this, how sterile everything is it's just like no character no personality like it's awful and so then they say, well, you, know, you can go and see him, um, you know, just, just say like final goodbyes, which is like kind of a weird thing in its own. And the difficult thing is it's like, he's in like an intensive care at this point uh, mm. and he passed away in there on pretty much en route, like whilst we were driving to the hospital and uh, you see everybody else who's in such an awful position because it is intensive care. But one thing really stuck with yeah. me that my mom said was like, my sister started crying like out of control. And, and at this point, like I'd started crying myself. And she said like, she got us together uh, and said like, look guys, we, we need to be respectful for everybody around here as well, because it's not nice for them to see that this could no. be them like in the next no. day, week, month, whatever, because they're all in the same room. And and that like really stuck me. It's like a profound moment. It, it kind of that's so thoughtful of your mum in that moment to think that honestly yeah and I thought the same it was it's really stuck with me since that we I've always been the family to put people first and and I'll give an example afterwards I guess in in other things that we we talk about but um yeah for me that was like a moment where I thought wow like there's you going through this like literally and you're thinking about other people in this situation like you know to respect them and, and 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 what's happening with them so yeah um and then in terms of like how i how i heard about you guys i mean um fast forward a, a good few months and flicking through instagram as you do and um this girl called laura popped up on my uh, on my activity feed or like in the search oh, okay. something um someone had liked one of her posts laura duck. yes laura duck yes yeah um, and i started flicking through her instagram and i thought like she, at this point i don't think she had many posts but she was like talking freely about her mum having died and I was like wow like this girl is an inspiration um and then I saw her interaction with you guys and and then what you were doing and I'm not gonna lie like when I saw the title dead parent club Mm -hmm. the word the word dead stood out to me I was like wow like that's a bold word Mm -hmm. it it made me feel uncomfortable Mm. and so I thought 
because it's made me feel uncomfortable i need to need to speak on this podcast like i need to see what you guys are about i need to get my word out there like and we i know we spoke in dms as well and and i think the whole aspect of just me being a guy it it adds like a new element massively yeah because guys don't talk about this sort of stuff right like they no they talk yeah like you know i'm okay i'm okay but they don't really get to the like the nitty-gritty stuff which is which is critical i think so yeah we um we do struggle to get guys on here like not not necessarily we don't approach guys to come on here but they don't approach us very often um so yeah we literally have to grasp the opportunity with both hands and literally just get as much as we can out of the guys that do come on here because yeah yeah. we love we love being able to get guys on here as well because like you say it is so important there's such a, a lack of conversation and we have we have quite a lot of male listeners, so it's important that there's something for them to relate to as well. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. And and the 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 packs you get from the hospital, like they give you, like pretty much as soon as people have died, they give you this pamphlet that's like, you know, bereavement letters, and you, these people you can talk to, and it's so different to actually talk to other people who understand as opposed to like mm. having to go via official routes. Yeah. Like, you know, I still haven't had counselling. Um, I'm. I've been putting it off and it just hasn't felt like the right time. And however, like talking to people like you guys and like strangers, essentially it, it's so much more valuable because you've shared the same experience. And I think that's, what's absolutely critical. Yeah, Literally this online community on Instagram at the moment for grief and people telling their stories and stuff is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I can't believe we didn't find it, find it sooner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm so glad that people are just now like finding it just like through scrolling through Instagram because it's not often something that you're going to go seek out, right? Because often you you don't realise that you need it when, like before you come across it kind of thing. Yeah, and it's very different to find you guys organically compared to like you see adverts for like grief uh, help or like better or always advertising targeting me like you know talk to a counselor all this sort of stuff but it almost feels forced like you say when you, you when you need it like I'm a big believer that things like appear and, and, and things come to you and I don't think it's any coincidence that like you know I saw you guys on Instagram um through Laura Laura's engagement with you and, and yeah, that's yeah. Just, here we are oh I'm so happy about that obviously not about your dad but about your um about how you found us afterwards um what did that look like for you then after you had passed away in hospital like did you guys then go home uh interestingly so that's a bit of a blur for me right now oh yes we did yes we did so we because we were in two separate cars at this point it was me and my brother and my mom and sister so the plan was actually not to go straight home uh, as crazy as that may seem so we we drove to my grandparents so my two sets of grandparents so I have I have one nan um on my dad's side because my my granddad passed away uh, several several years ago now so um, he just had his mom um so we went there for first but we actually stopped by one of her friends to kind of get a bit of support as well because I mean to tell a mother that her son had died is just like you can't even imagine can you so we wanted someone else to be there with her um so we went there we told her and it was difficult. Like, how do you tell a woman that her son has died 
given that he'd only visited her like four days earlier. Mm, she came to the hospital yeah. on the Wednesday night, but because dad was like so out of it, um, she didn't get a chance to speak to him. So like the last interaction she had with him, he would have been fine sat on a sofa, like picking his face out. Uh, 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 yeah, all nans provide the food for you, don't they? Does she have Nana's biscuits? <laughs> she does have Nana's biscuits. Nana's cakes as well. Like yeah. you get like an assortment, like a full plate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love Nana's biscuits. And then uh, after that, we went to my other grandparents. So um, my mom's mom uh, and uh, my mom's stepdad, because uh, her real dad passed away at a very similar age that I am, to be honest. Um, and like they, we were a lot closer to my mom's mom uh, because uh, she'd always taken us under her wing, like as a whole family. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, so she actually passed away then, like five months after dad so towards the end towards the tail end of last year and so like for my mom uh, it's obviously been such a tough year like last year obviously losing my dad and then losing her mom as well um it's been an immense challenge but uh you know she's she's been an absolute rock like such an inspiration as someone who's yeah she's had her moments you know and the the stereotypical picking them off up off the floor when they're crying uncontrollably like it's Mm. true sometimes and uh, you know, I've had to do that and you come home from a long day at work and you find your mom just like sat in the kitchen floor just like beside herself it's... grief grief is not pretty like it is ugly and I do think we're prepared for it before it happens absolutely not oh it, honestly and that's such a good way of saying it like we just nobody can prepare you for it I, I do no. think there are, there, are, there are varying degrees like you know my nan was very sick so um you kind of expect it to some degree it's still not nice but you kind of expect it whereas when family members you know get cancer or they die suddenly from heart attacks or you know in dad's case um slightly different but that really does like shake you to the core of who you are and it i yeah. think it it's it you have that tipping point of you either lose it completely or you you leverage that to really build yourself as a stronger individual and those around you so true so, so, so true. speaking of those around you did you have and like anyone around you at the time that you could speak to except you know your mum and um your immediate family yeah so I, i've i've been quite blessed really with different friendship groups i don't just have like one set group i've got quite a few little mm-hmm. pockets here and there um I had a lot of support, like a, a lot of people were super friendly, really nice. I think the one thing that I really lacked was someone who yeah. understood. Um, it's quite a strange feeling after someone dies. Like you, you don't know what to do with yourself. Like sometimes you think, should I be crying? Should I be spending my day yeah. crying? Like I, you feel guilty for going to the shops or for like dressing up so to go out. True. Or, yeah. It, it's like, it's so strange, isn't it? And then, but yeah, I mean, I had some fantastic people Um some people actually surprised me at how compassionate they were given, especially some of my guy friends who on the face of it were very, not like lads, 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 but you know, there's, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. that boundary. You don't talk about your feelings to some yeah. of your guy friends. And some of them honestly really surprised me, like, you know, willing to do anything for me. So yeah, I oh, massively geez. appreciate them. And what was the most helpful thing that any of them kind of said or did at the time? Was there anything in particular like, that was amazing or just anything that was just even just average uh, that you really appreciated you know what? i think the the genuine willingness for, of people to help and mm-hmm. to be there like th- there's a difference i feel when people say i would 
do anything to help you or you know, let me know if there's anything I can do to help compared with like look Josh I know what's happened like I will genuinely do anything yeah. for you right now you literally just name yeah. whatever it is that you need and I will, I will be there mm. and for me I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy that would take people up on that because I don't feel like I need it but the fact that it's there is such an incredible feeling um especially from so many people as well you definitely know the difference between the people that send you the generic texts of oh like I'm here for you anything you need there's them and then there's people that are like seriously like call me I'm I'm right here and the people that you you know you can rely on like you can really easily filter them out can't you and I think those people surprise you afterwards it's not always people mm-hmm. that you expect that are the yeah. ones that are there most absolutely and and to that point like people who say oh like you know it really sucks like it's it, it must be awful for you uh, I that never really resonated with me the people that I really got on with and our relationships changed for the better were the people that said that's really shit I I don't even I I can't even say anything that will change any of that so I'm not going to say anything but know that like if you need to go out for a drink or if you want to chat or if you just want to sit here next to somebody and watch tv together like and not talk like I will I will be be that person Mm -hmm. I'll do that for you and for me, that was like the the real big things that, that people, um, well, the big ways that people yeah, help me. Huge. How have you found like navigating it with people that you don't know where it gets brought up in conversation? Because I find that, like sometimes I, I find it easy to, to navigate where I'm just like, uh, they ask you what your parents do. And I'm like, oh, my dad does this, my, my mum's dead or whatever. But um, I was really kind of impressed. I say impressed, but like, um it was really thoughtful the other day when I met somebody that I haven't seen since I was a teenager and they were asking me where I was living now and I was like oh I don't live in Winnington anymore like I've moved um, and he's I live with my dad and he was like oh I'm so sorry like last time I saw you your parents were still together I was like oh no um my mum died and he was like you know what can't like I like I'm not gonna say too much here like I'm not gonna say I'm really sorry and stuff but like that is really shit and like I hope that you guys and you and your dad oh, are doing okay and then he just carried on with the conversation and he just yeah. dealt with it really well and that was the best I've seen most people deal with that answer <laughs> so many people just go like oh <laughs> yeah literally like, oh, like oh, 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 I'm, so, I'm so sorry and they just like run away <laughs> bye yeah literally yeah and that's the worst right is when people like skirt around it they're like oh my god I'm so sorry I didn't mean that and then they kind of just go on a bit and you're like all right yeah. it's happened I'm not gonna start yeah. it's not it's not news just... to me <laughs> yeah um, yeah it is so difficult um and I suppose it's I mean it's only it's only just been a, a year for you um yeah yeah so it's, it's sort of like those milestones yeah. isn't it so it was um so dad died in March. His birthday was like, it was May, uh, May 28th, actually. Oh, so, oh. Um, which was what, yesterday two was days. it? Or uh, two days yeah. ago as yeah, well. Okay. So uh, so we've had like the year milestone. We've had like two birthdays. Father's yeah. Day is coming up as well. Um, what, did, what did you do for like the year milestone and for your dad's birthday and stuff? Uh, so for dad's birthday last year we it was just like a very quiet one we just all like got together um just went Mm. out for some food I think uh for the year milestone not an awful lot to be honest like there's it's a weird feeling you feel the energy Mm. around the time 
Um, yeah. Like my mom in particular, like she, she works quite a lot. She's a carer. So uh, she works like weekends and it's, it's hard to get days off and stuff. Um, so she just wanted a bit of time. Like my dad was cremated. So she went to the place where he was cremated, um, just had a walk around. It's like beautiful gardens, that sort of stuff. Um, I I was at work. So I, I kind of just took a bit of time off just to not really talk to many people. You you yeah. really feel that it, it takes the, the wind out of your sails. There's, there's no real way to describe it. You just you have this cloud over your head to some degree and mm. like I'm a super positive guy like all the time and always have been and you just have to accept that some days you're just mm. not going to be there and that's absolutely yeah. fine I think um I was actually talking to somebody about this earlier where every other day we are in a constant battle with our grief but on I think on milestones and on birthdays of th- those people I think we let our walls down a bit and we let ourselves feel it. And I think that's why we get quite subdued. That's a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Constant battle, isn't it? Every day. Yeah, like for sure. It, even in the small things. So I was like, I was sat in the car the other day and um, a friend of mine is probably going to listen to this. She doesn't realise, but uh, the song came on that we played at dad's funeral for literally the first time yeah. since the funeral. And like, I was sat there like, holy shit, this is like a strange feeling. You know, when you're just like frozen, it's almost like you're in a a sleep paralysis. I can literally remember the exact moment when I heard that song again. Me too. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's, it's mad, isn't it? And it's mad how the emotions all of a sudden like literally literally trigger. Did you you get upset in the car or did you kind of... I did, to be honest, but I I tried to hide it because I don't want to... I feel like it's a burden sometimes and like being completely honest it, it does feel like a burden to talk to people I, I'd rather yeah. talk about like positive things and other things that are happening and I don't like to talk about myself an awful lot like I'm quite a modest guy um, mm. and I don't feel like it's a burden in in a sense that it's damaging to my mental health but I yeah you know, yeah do you know what yeah. I mean like, like it... I constantly am stopping myself from crying or getting upset even though, like, I preach, like, just crying in front of people. Like, I just cried in the middle of the office last week. But, like, there's I still find times where, like, we were on a hike a couple of weeks ago. And all of a sudden, I mean, I, like, lost my footing and slipped. And all of a sudden, like, I wasn't just hit with grief, like, out of nowhere. But and usually I would just cry and let it out because that's, like, what I preach. But there was a couple of the people there that I was like, oh, they're going to feel uncomfortable if I just start crying now. So it's mm. so, even like four years on, I still find it so difficult to to be able to be like honestly emotional constantly. Yeah, mm. I, I definitely use humour as a way to talk about it in a way that's not going to make other people feel horrendously awkward. Like people are more likely to be okay with me bringing it up when I make a joke out of it than they are if I sit and cry (laughs) that's interesting isn't it how we all have like a very different different way of talking about it stuff like I I completely agree with the whole it just kind of hits you at certain points you Mm. know it it manifests itself in so many different ways that it's almost it catches you off guard quite often and it's not always like a a, 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 like a, a long lasting feeling sometimes it's just like a fleeting moment where you think oh shit like like a stab in the chest yeah Yeah. you obviously you're one of three then right one of three kids i'm the middle child so how are you finding your relationship now with your siblings and with your mom 
I definitely say it's improved. Like I said earlier, you know, we, we were never the sort of family to be like, uh, to tell each other how we felt. I, I think we definitely opened up a little bit more uh, before dad died in the, the months before that. But since then, it's been a, a lot better. You know, we were super close. Me and my sister have, have always got on to some degree. Me and my brother have always got on, but my sister and brother have kind of clashed mm-hmm. a little bit at times. Um, mm. My sister has diabetes and, you know, she she she'll probably kill me for saying this but she never used to look after herself very well and and I think she's definitely shifted and that's had a big impact on all of our relationships as well because when somebody isn't feeling the best or someone isn't looking after themselves it takes its toll on everybody else I think it's fair to say but you know she's really trying recently and um you know I give a lot of credit for that she's she's definitely coming of age but we all talk a lot more we're more open about our feelings we tell each other we love each other like it's it, it feels a lot better and we we definitely feel a lot closer. Oh, that's really nice that it's happened that way, like with you and your family. I think I think that's it's so unbelievably valuable to have that support. Yeah, for sure. I, I think sometimes you have to be careful that you don't slip into, oh, I wish we'd have been that way before. Like mm. One of my, I, I don't want to say regret because I don't really carry regrets, but one of the biggest things that, that troubles me sometimes is that like we've never taken photos as a family. Like it's just yeah. not been a thing. So sometimes when you kind of just want to like post something or push something out there, which again might seem like a foreign feeling thing for to some people, but you mm, kind of get the urge yeah. sometimes, right? Oh god, um, yeah. And and like we don't have any, like I don't have any of just me and my dad, which like really cuts me up sometimes. I'm like this this is so yeah. annoying. Um, but on the flip side of that, we have loads of him and Ada, who's my niece. Um he like absolutely adored her, like poured all of his love into her. So uh-huh. it's really nice to see that and to kind of reminisce about how much love he had for her and obviously for everybody else as well. That's so sweet. Yeah. I also on the photo front, I'm just thinking like, I think I would have been in exactly the same situation. Like, but I we were in a situation where my dad was ill for um, like a year all the family photos that we have are while he was ill like we don't have any really like I don't think we have like any family photos of before he was ill one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes nice dress uh, it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care that's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So, like... It's, yeah yeah it's crazy isn't it it's like uh it, it it really is just taking the basic things for granted which i think is one of the biggest lessons i've learned is that you you just can't like really who gives a fuck like if you are taking silly photos with people or you're really enjoying the moment and you're being a bit loud with some friends or you know you're just doing some crazy stuff because 
that's all that matters at the end of the day. And if you have photos to capture those memories or videos, then that's fantastic. Like if that's what you're into. And one of the things I'd say to everybody else is like that's listening to this that maybe hasn't experienced any of this is take photos, like enjoy the moment. Yes. Like live in the moment. And if that's okay for you, then great. But there may come a time where you would wish you'd had captured at least some of the moment. So it's good to have that. A healthy balance. For sure. Yeah. Because you've got to live in the moment as well. Right. So yes, that's important. Yeah. That's like the constant mental battle I think we have now of like wanting photos and videos, but also being aware of the fact that we spend so much time on our phones. Sometimes we don't want our phones. Yeah. It's so hard, isn't it? Personal problems. problems. It's awful that we even have to think about that, to be honest. Just because we have such addiction to technology. (laughs) Terrible. Um. Do you have many other people around you that have lost parents then, or people that you know, people that you lent on? You know, what? I I don't actually. Um, so I, I do have someone who who was close to me who lost a, a very close family member. So for me to talk to her about things sometimes like really helped me. Like I had, like I said, I had a lot of friends that were very supportive, um, and I met a lot of new people last year that were also incredibly supportive, but they just mm. didn't quite understand. So this one person in particular um it was great to talk to her at times and just be like look this this is how i feel like did you feel the same way it's uh, and that's all you need sometimes it's almost that validation of am i actually yeah. going insane or did you have <laughs> the same feelings as me yeah that was <laughs> what i found the most valuable when i um found catherine land on the floor that time and then we became friends ever since was i was able to see like i was able to be like oh well i felt like this like did you? And she was like, yes, <laughs> of course I felt like that. And I was like, wow, I didn't realise anyone else could know what that felt like. That's the great thing about this podcast, though, isn't it? Like people that literally have nobody to talk to about what they're going through, they listen to this and then they're like, oh my God, like I felt like that. It's kind of given people a community of people that they don't even know, but feel like they do, which is amazing. Yeah, 100%. I think the voice thing helps so much as well. Like you read forums you read reddit like the amount of pages i've read about grief is just crazy you know right through mm. through from google just some uh, doctor's help lists and um all the corporate stuff that you see all over the place and and nothing quite touches you like hearing somebody else talk about a shared experience on this level i agree yeah that's how i felt like it's the first so time i heard like grief cast if any of you have heard um grief cast um so it's a podcast uh by Carrie Ad Lloyd the comedian so that's how she um like kind of like advertises it is that like it's comedians talking about grief so that it's not you know it's not just like dark and gloomy or whatever she's kind of like the first person to do it in like podcast form um and I found like a couple of those really really valuable and then eventually it was a lot of like older people as in like plus 30 oh my god so old but I didn't like I didn't resonate with any of it so that's why I was like yeah I was so glad to find people and that's what I love so much about the fact that we do this is because we get to speak to so many other people at our age and find so much so many more things ourselves that we because I constantly every single episode Mm. I speak about something you know I discover something different about my own grief because someone's like oh yeah this thing and I'm like oh yeah I never thought of that that's so true honestly like I I completely resonate with that that 
you see people who are older who go through similar things and not to discredit them at all but it's you kind of feel like well that's not me because they're older than me or the circumstances are different but when people are your own age especially like late teens early 20s mid 20s you you're like wow like these guys have really had like a life-changing thing happen to them at such a young age that we all share this common bond now like you really do start to trust them and you you're on their level already yeah and that's the thing it is life-changing changing it's completely life-changing like it doesn't, doesn't just change like your home life it has a direct effect on everything yeah. like literally everything yeah I'm I am a completely different person to the one that I was the day before dad died like yeah. I, I couldn't even recognize my old self genuinely it's it's been crazy me too, me too. and that's good right like it's as long as you're able to channel it in a positive way that's it's really good yeah well this is where we make the positives i think from you know the grief that we've experienced this is how we manage to turn it into a sort of positive outlook because we're appreciative of the people that we've become because of it i think sorry i just have a quick question um because you said on your on the first anniversary you were at work like how did you navigate because i don't think we spoke about this which um recently is how did you navigate like work and grief like at the time when Mm. your dad died what was the reaction from work like kind of did you go straight back did you take time off that's a really interesting one uh so uh I it happened on a Thursday I took the next two weeks off uh yeah two weeks and by the second week I was like I need to get back I need to get back Mm. um I went back to work and you know what I I did so well like I really channeled everything positively um I was feeling good I was I had to bat people away that were like sheepishly talking to me like oh Josh <laughs> sorry you know how can I help you and just like no like I'm here to do a job I'll do this and, and I'll deal with everything at home I I'd figured out a way to park my personal life like left in the car essentially on the car park and as soon as I got back in the car I'd go home and you know I would worry about my mom all day um and I'd get home and you know, like I say, I'd find her on the floor sometimes or she'd get back from work herself and start crying. And it was really tough. Like it was so physically, mentally demanding. It, it was, it was a challenge. I'm not going to lie, but somehow I managed to, to navigate work. They were super helpful. Like I have so much respect for them as an employer. Um, they, they, they really did treat me with complete respect. Like there was no urgency to go back yeah. from their part. But what I think is important for me to say is that uh, it's taken nine, 10, 11 months for it to manifest itself at work. And it's quite difficult to say that, well, firstly, it's quite difficult to identify actually when it is manifesting itself, like the, the whole grief, grief process. I think because I'd handled it so well for almost a year, uh, it had caught up with me after that. Mm-hmm. And I'd heard everywhere, you know, delayed onset, all that sort of stuff. Like my mom had spoken about it. And I was like, no, it's okay. Like I'm dealing with it now. So I thought, and then what I found is that actually, you know, I started to lose my temper a little bit and I was not the kind of person to do that. Like I lost motivation. I wasn't hungry. All of the classic signs that you get with grief, I was starting to experience them at work. And this was only like a couple of months ago. Um, you know, truth be told, like it's, it's, it's still to this day, a little bit of a challenge and there are 
days where I think, oh, like, what am I doing? Like, I, I just need some time off. Like, I, I really do need like we- a few weeks off, a few months off because yeah. I'm a pretty busy guy with work. Like, I travel a lot, like, uh, and and I'm so fortunate to do that. But you have no mental space for yourself. Like, there's zero time, um, and so I think as a result, I, I definitely overworked myself and failed to recognize for a couple of months that actually it was starting to manifest and, and show itself in my day-to-day work in my, in my nine to five. So, uh, yeah, I mean, since I've recognized that I've been able to take a step back at times and, and, and start to recognize it, but it how hasn't been easy. did, how were you able to recognize yeah. it? Cause yeah, I feel like you are a pretty self-aware person, but to the average person, like how, how can you start to recognize those things or did someone else around you be like hey Josh we've noticed that you're a little bit different lately like because I don't know necessarily if I would have noticed things like that in myself I don't know I mean definitely after the first year the first year I was a absolute state like that temper that you're I literally had that for like for like two years a month yeah and some people have that when you talk about the delayed onset like who did we speak to Catherine um Someone that we've spoken to previously, they kind of didn't really start feeling their grief till like three or four years down the line. And then all of a sudden they're like, woke up one day and we're like, shit, my dad died three years ago. Yeah. I'm not okay. Yeah. That scares me. Like genuinely, like that that actually plays on my mind that, that to your point about how did you recognize it? sometimes I question whether this is it mm. I'm always thinking oh is this the grief is this the grief like yeah and uh, I'm quite self-aware now like I I have my own like side hustle that I you know, work on personal branding I help other people with their personal brand and um I think as a result of that I've been able to really develop my mindset I had um a clinical hypnotherapist for a while that like wasn't related to dad's death at all uh I just decided to do it from a personal development point of view okay. and I've really been able to to master my mind more than I ever have done before. And I think one of the things that genuinely helped, and this sounds so cliche, and I always used to think it was cliche as well, is talking to people. And what I mean by that is I would come home or I'd be at work um, and something would annoy me. And I'd just say to somebody, oh, like, you know, I actually had a pretty shit day today. Um, I, this person annoyed me, this person, and I, and I did this wrong. And because I hold myself in, to such high standards in the delivery of my work and the way that I talk to people. Like I'm always positive. I'm always polite. I always put people first before me. Um, and I'd noticed I'd stopped doing that. And mm. I kind of passed it off to the side a bit and thought, oh, you know, I'm, work's quite stressful at the moment. You know, I just changed roles. Uh, it's, it must just be that. But then actually it continued. And what I found was that I was actually not being nice to people and I was being a bit snappy with my mom. And I think when I recognized that I was, I'd said something to my mom. It wasn't like super out of line, but it was a little bit snappy. And I found myself getting annoyed at my mom. And I was like, Josh, that's too much. Like you shouldn't be doing this. Something is wrong. You need help. And I had this immense feeling of like overwhelm where I was like, okay, I'm not doing anything for my business at the moment. I've had to park that. My nine to five job is like crippling me at the moment mentally I don't have any time to see people. Uh, my emotional energy is focused on making sure my mom is okay. My granddad is okay after my nan passed away. And I was like overwhelmed, like super, super, super. And this is, I mean, I'm only talking like a couple of months ago now. So it's, it's relatively fresh. 
and then I, I you know as cliche as it is again using that word like I sat myself down and I said look Josh like you have to change this and the only person that will change this is you and the only way to escape your mind is to work through the problems and mm-hmm. to start journaling or to start writing lists and and really map out how exactly you're feeling and how things are making you feel and recognize that to actually have any change it starts with you nobody else can do that love that this is honestly so me right now like I'm finding my nine to five like quite stressful at the moment I'm exhausted all the time getting home from work got no motivation to do anything but but I know that it's my head and my mind and it's it's knowing that it's you but then it's like having the motivation to do something about it and um I think that's a massive thing when you're grieving as well as not letting yourself be consumed by the grief and building a resilience to it and knowing when you're behaving in certain ways and having the strength in your mind to battle it I think mm. oh yeah it's difficult I love that you uh actually you went you posted the day didn't you about going for a walk going for a hike Yes, my life. Oh my God, for me, that like I have to say, exercise has been such an incredible yeah. relief for me. Yeah. Like, it's so, so important. I literally can't even, like, just can't recommend it enough to everybody. I love it. Yeah. Like, I, I've, I'm a pretty slim guy, tall. People used to call me lanky. People still do. But, like, I never <laughs> hit the gym. I would honestly run a mile from the gym. I'd be the guy that bought a gym membership because I felt like I needed to and then never, never go for a year. Like how crazy. Um, but yeah. I've genuinely been going to the gym like three, four times a week. Uh, I've been yeah. putting exercises like really at the front of what I need to be doing as part of my routine. And it's helped me so much. Like some days, even when I feel like I just don't want to go, I go, I work out and I feel incredible. I even, this is how crazy it is. People listening to this will know that I've never been a morning person. And I started going to the gym at 6.30 in the morning. Like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> that is so me. I am the worst morning person ever. And now I live for a morning gym session. Absolutely live for it. And how good do you feel afterwards? Though? I mean, yeah, you feel tired. But like, how good mentally do you feel oh, once you've smashed out? Really sets you up for the day. Like, oh, it's so yeah, good. So I will um, <sighs> talk about like my experience with that as well. And also like... I think it's so important. I think it's so important to do those things, but to not, um, what's the word? Like sacrifice like your sleep and spending time with friends and things like that. Because oh, I God. listen, I would have listened. I would have listened to you know lots of people saying that they would get up like five a.m. go to the gym, blah blah. And for a whole year, I was that person that literally alarm went off at four thirty. I was at the gym at five. I was like on my way to work at like half six, started work at like seven and like just absolutely like what would sound like I looked like I was like smashing the day. But then I realized I was like not getting not getting anywhere near my eight hours of sleep. I was just like making excuses not to go see friends because I was like, no, I need to eat healthily because it's great for my mind. And but you you don't have to do it constantly. Like you need to ensure that you find balance in definitely exercise yes but it doesn't have to be like huge gym sessions or morning gym sessions it can be like just walk like going for walks but making sure that you're still spending time with friends and family and not sacrificing that for yeah I'm so glad you said that because it's it's so true like my mom is 
not the kind of lady that likes to exercise. Um, but I've said to her, look, just go for a small walk around the block. Like it will take five minutes, genuinely five minutes, maybe, maybe like 10 if you're walking slow. And she started to see a little bit of difference every time she does go for a walk. Like she might walk to the shops or she might walk to town. It's not about copying other people's routines. And I learned this as well. Like, you know, I, I saw people who had these routines, like the 5 a.m. club, get up at five, bash out three hours of work, go to your day job, come home, carry on with more work, go to the gym, eat well, blah, blah, blah. But it just doesn't work for everybody. You have to find out what works for you specifically and try yeah. everything out. Wake up at five for a week. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. Sleep until eight. Find out what works for you and your body. And then, yeah, like, yeah I love that. It, it will help I love you. that point. I think also, especially going on with what you said, Sam, those eight hours of sleep, man, like you can't beat them. <laughs> sleep is life. Sleep is a healer. Yeah, I and I've only actually only discovered that this year. Genuinely only discovered sleep this year. Yeah, you oh gosh, I, I used to go mad at her for it. She used to drive me mental. Like when she was going through this phase of getting up at half four in the morning, like she would spend whole weekends just on her own feeling like shit like just not, not happy where you sound at all but like feeling like you should be happy because you're living what looked like a really put together Literally, living your best yeah. life to, to anyone else when I would say yeah oh, I'd be I'd be sat at my desk at like 7am and everyone would be like wow and I'd be like, oh yeah we're at the gym at half four and everyone's like wow that's amazing whereas people would have people should have said to me what the fuck go to bed <laughs> I think that's it like perception is just such a funny thing isn't it like people's perception of what good is and what good should be uh, like if that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned uh, it's just around not caring what other people think and not trying to conform to what other people think is good because like everybody has their own path everybody has their own things that they like enjoy dislike whatever just figure out what it is and just embrace it like like you say if you want to sleep eight nine ten hours a night then do it just as long as at the same time you're still doing things that matter like eating well sleeping getting the right amount of sleep in exercising in whatever capacity yeah. you can exercise that sort of I stuff appreciate that. yeah 100 percent. so would you say that like your experience and everything that you've been through in the way that it's kind of like shaped your mindset a little bit now do you think that's kind of affected your relationships like have you kind of like distanced yourself from some people or become closer to people who are on the same kind of wavelength as you yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, so well, I'm a single guy. Um, I have not had a relationship since uh, my dad died, which obviously is just only just over a year. But um, same as me and Sam. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's an interesting one. You know, what? I really struggle with um, like commitment, and not from like that sleazy guy wants to date loads of girls perspective, because that's the impression people get. But I don't know. It's just I feel like I don't have the emotional capacity, Preach. but yes. like, I, and I, I've said this, like I've said this to, to, to a girl and I, bless it. She is the most considerate, like, understanding person probably that I've ever met, but actually I don't think anybody else quite understands that emotional gap that you have, that you just feel mm. like you're not ready for it. And you sometimes question whether you ever will be. Yeah. 100%. I feel that. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh God. I think you just become more aware of who you invest your time into as well and like life is exhausting <laughs> like it really is and I think everything that we've been through is exhausting and we're all trying to be better people 
And I think the commitment of putting aside some of that time to somebody else, I think is scary. And it, I don't know, I, I find it terrifying. And yeah, it, def- it definitely is a commitment thing, but not in the, yeah, not yeah. in the sleazy way, just in the think, commitment of time. Yeah, devotion. exactly. And I feel, I feel that too, especially at the minute I'm like, because it changed the way that I'm like, looking at life and I'm so conscious of how I'm spending my years and like my time I'm like I don't want to waste time with someone who's like not going to be the right person so then I just I don't even bother going out like meeting anyone because I'm like the universe will bring this person to me (laughs) (laughs) I definitely I definitely feel you on that one I was dating somebody recently and like I just couldn't bring myself to like commit to it because it just the whole thing just freaked me out and I was I was never like that before my mum died, and now I just I think I run away from it a little bit, which is something that I think I'll have to work on going forward. Oh, like I really understand that. Like genuinely, like you feel you you feel like you don't, you're not like that soppy lovey dovey kind of person. It's almost like you're a bit cold hearted. I feel like a bit of a bitch. Yeah, and I'm not. I honestly have so much love. It's unreal. Like it seeps from me. But oh yeah, I don't know what I it is. I remember you saying that to me, Catherine. You were like, I just feel like I am being a bitch to him. Like, <laughs> and I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> I don't think I. Was, I don't think I was being a bitch, but I think I just I wasn't investing as much of myself into it as I should have been doing. You know, and it and it made me feel like I was being a bitch. You know, well, if there's anything I've learned tonight, it's that I'm I'm not alone in this, which is, yeah. which is comforting. <laughs> For each Definitely it. not. You see, Sam and I always say, and I'm going to say it again, like we always do, we're going to end up with somebody that's also got a dead parent because you've, you're just going to find each other on, on a level, you know? Or if yeah. not a dead parent, then a, a dead something that they've been yeah, through some sort I, of trauma. I'm still to this day like attracted to anyone that's been through a traumatic experience. <laughs> just that's like, that's like the top of the list. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the emotional intelligence, though, isn't it? You you know how to approach situations. You you know mm. not to be that person that's like, oh, sorry, uh, awkward. You yeah. like share something in common, and you kind of know the boundaries as well. Like you can recognize if they're not really talkative today. You don't need to be like, ah, oh, like, babe, what's up? Like, are you, are you feeling okay? Like, is this? Uh, you just know. It's like you know, you need some space today. That's cool. Like, I'll go off and I'll do my thing. You do your thing, and we'll come back tonight or tomorrow, and we'll chat and we'll, yeah. you know, we'll look because one it. thing. Exactly. This is why we need a DPC. Right, it needs to happen. I'm going to contact (laughs) Tinder straight after this. (laughs) Also, just a side note. Well, kind of not a side note. Like, on the topic of, like, just people that just understand and, like, know how to deal with that. Because I've been finding it, honestly, lately, pretty exhausting. Because I've only been here in Australia for eight months. So, But all my friends here are obviously new friends. And I have to, I mean, bless them. They all try their very best um, to know how to deal with me when I am, you know, feeling down or if I have a day where, like, the grief is, when I'm having, like, a bad grief day or a, a dad sad day. And they will ask me, Sam, what do you what do you need right now? What do you need from us? What do you need us to do? Which I totally appreciate. But it's pretty, I didn't really realise how exhausting it is to have to explain that to people four years on to be 
this is what I need from you right now because I think I took that for granted that I definitely take it oh I don't know if I did I took it for granted when I had like when I was living with like Kat and the girls and they just knew like knew what what needed to happen on those days whereas now I'm finding myself having to explain I'm like wow this is really it's actually challenging to explain as well because sometimes you don't (laughs) know right Mm, that's a really interesting point yeah I think another thing I've experienced as well is is fairly similar to that but it's almost like people forget Mm -hmm. what you've been through and I don't expect people to like recognize and and be like oh you know Josh your dad died I know blah 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 but uh, they just don't get that actually some days you need to be by yourself or like one thing that I was quite shocked by was like jokes memes like that whole culture where people would send stuff to group chats or to me and it'd be like really insensitive and I'm like you do realize that my dad died like and I don't really want to see this meme about yeah. a dad related thing you know what I mean like mm. yeah uh, I, it's just it's super interesting I guess my advice to you is it, and, and I think you you'll probably find that your friendship circles will change a little bit and you'll identify like the people that in Australia that do stand out to you as yeah. the ones that recognize you more um mm. I think it's just a case of just being bluntly honest with people sometimes. Like, if you don't want to talk to people today, just be like, look, this is what I need. I just need some time out. Like, you go do what you want. That's great. And I'm happy for you. But I'm just going to sit here and do nothing all day. I last week when I nearly, I was literally stood at the bar ordering an espresso martini at like 6 p.m. and just started crying. And so I was like, I need to go home. And the girl's like, oh, we'll come with you. We'll come with you. And I was like, please don't. (laughs) That would be the worst thing ever. I've got a friend. God bless her. I love her. Um, whenever we're at like a social occasion or like just like chilling with all the girls and stuff she knows me so well she turns around to me sometimes and she looks at me and she goes you don't want to be here do you <laughs> and I'm like hey, Emma like you're so right I really don't and she just she always knows I'm like damn girl yeah. like you've got me down to a T <laughs> that's so good because then I think then like they can even recognize things that you don't really know like I, I've got someone yeah. um, she's a really close friend of mine who sometimes is like is this related to this or you know is this because of this and they almost piece together the puzzle for you like even yeah. sometimes so true so true um so do you think then, or do you know how exactly losing your dad has kind of changed the way that you go about life? I mean, I also am totally appreciating here that you are only one year on, um, but how has your the way you look at life and your attitude towards it changed? Can I add a, another question to actually just I think it's related? Is this, so your kind of side hustle now um is a um personal branding yeah yeah that's right did that come after your dad died or was it something you were working on beforehand yeah cool so uh the personal branding stuff came after um i had started working on like an affiliate marketing business um, and i still do dabble in it uh you know it's still something I'm, i'm passionate about but the personal branding stuff came because and this is a change i've noticed is that life is all about chasing your passions now I'm gonna sound like a cliche guy that's like quoting stuff here but it genuinely is like it really does not matter what you do in life like how much money you earn 
what your job title is, like what car you drive, as long as you are happy and fulfilled. Now, like I always used to chase happiness and used to think that it would come at a certain point. And since dad's died, I've been able to understand that actually like happiness is in the moment and you really do appreciate just being present. I think one of the biggest things I've learned is to be present, whether that's with friends, whether it's like I go for a hike and I sit on top of a hill and I don't have my phone out. I don't take photos. I just sit there and I think, and I, and sometimes I don't even think about anything. Um, I meditate often. So I'm able to like capture any negative thoughts and just kind of like remove them, push them to the side. Um, I like, it's really changed my life so far. And I had a lot of momentum. I, after dad died immediately, I was like, right, I genuinely have two options now. Like I can, let myself crumble and I can not support my sister, my mom, my brother, my niece, my granddad, whoever, or I can really thrive from it. And, you know, I, I chose to thrive from it. And yes, I dipped a couple of months ago and took my foot off the gas and really did struggle, but I've picked it up a lot more now. And I think what I've been able to do is show more compassion to people, be more present in situations, enjoy myself uh, a lot more and really let go of what doesn't matter like I'm big on building myself up to become the best possible version of myself and the personal branding stuff came as a result of that like I love helping other people so if I can even help one person just get noticed a bit more in the office place by building a personal brand or build a reputation for themselves or get a job or another opportunity then that's incredible and for me that's that's what matters there was like there was one thing that like stuck out about my dad that he and I only realized this like since he died is that he was a very compassionate person and cared a lot more about what uh, like helping other people we had this um this debate like years ago about uh which political party we voted for and I at the time was like oh I voted for the Tories because yeah I'm gonna be better off for it at the end of the month you know he's gonna have more money in my, my back pocket and he said to me like you're ridiculous Josh and I was like what like no I'm not and he's like you're ridiculous like why would you vote for a party that is going to make you better off when there are so many people out there that are struggling paycheck to paycheck who are homeless people who are you know can't put food on the table at night they can't afford like sanitary towels and all that sort of stuff and and I was like okay yeah whatever but then afterwards like in the last year or so I've really thought wow like that's a powerful thing to say like my my dad really did genuinely care about other people more than he did himself and yeah, we, we, funny enough, we laugh and we joke about it but because he was so stressed about other things and, and keeping everybody happy that like that's eventually what caused the um, the the dissection. But like, it's, it, <laughs> well, because his heart was just so big for the people. Well, because he was just so stressed, like trying to carry everybody and trying to help everybody, and like all the time, and like you know, he carried the burden of a lot of people so that they didn't have to carry it themselves. And uh, it's really stuck with me. I think that's that's kind of like my mantra now is just, like always put people first and treat them as best as possible and and you know good things come back to you as well yeah just make sure you don't suffer the same fate well of course i'm a lot more chilled out so I, you know I'm, <laughs> I'm confident that it's not but yeah let's hope i think it's amazing that you've taken this whole situation and made it into something positive for the people like it's such an important thing to do yeah I, there is one little tip actually i guess I, I should share so as part of the hypnotherapy i did um i learned how to to 
reframe negative thoughts into powerful positive opposites and it might sound like wacky talk but this has been one of the techniques that single-handedly helped me transform my mindset like literally from the moment my dad died it's whenever you you recognize you get a negative thought so if you're late for the bus you think oh shit, i'm gonna be late for work now like i'm gonna have a bad day immediately capture that thought in your head and like recognize it say mm. like, stop and then you tell yourself you love yourself so you say i love you i disagree I miss that bus, but it's absolutely fine because the next bus is going to be two minutes away and I'm still going to make it to the office on time. But if I'm if I'm late, it doesn't matter because I'll just stay behind for an extra couple of minutes. And that alone has honestly transformed my life because I'm able to take every single negative situation, pause, recognize it, positively re- rewire my neurons. And it's scientifically proven. Like You can see underneath a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, underneath a microscope that neurons that fire together wire together and when they wire together it it's a lasting effect that's like that saying like friends that gym together stay together yeah it's so true (laughs) friends that grieve together stay together (laughs) yeah i love it and you see like various analogies as well like of like uh if you had what 20 something thousand pounds and somebody sold 10 pounds off you would you let that ruin you your day blah 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 same amount of seconds in a day and it's yeah. true like you, it yeah, just true. it has various forms yeah i such a big thing that like, this whole self affirmation thing at the moment is massive as well like and i think it's really good um like you said like taking that negative thought and then saying out loud like no i love you and like you're doing great mm-hmm. and like just transform it into something positive it's difficult though um, my friends take the piss out of me constantly because no, if you know, no matter what the negative thing is that happens, whether it is like we miss the bus or you know someone like broke a leg or something, I'll just be like, "Look, everything happens for a reason. There's a reason that that happens, and you know maybe I was meant to be late for work today because blah blah blah, and then I'll, I'll notice something like great about the day, and I'm like." that's why that happened like I literally every single situation now almost to my detriment I'm like you know there's there's there'll be a positive here somewhere (laughs) that's so Mm -hmm. powerful though it's so impressive that you can do that because it's not easy I mean I can't do it every day I'll be completely honest like the days where I'm just like dying oh for sure um (laughs) so you've given some phenomenal advice thus far um but what would you say to someone who has just experienced a similar thing that you did if their parent has you know just died what advice would you give to them it's a big question isn't it because there's so much that you kind of want to say to people I think the real core things are it's okay to be feeling whatever you're feeling and that is not the way that you will always feel whether that's immense sadness, whether it's confusion, loss, like pain, like physical pain, I think it's important to remember that 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 won't last forever. You will, yes, you will experience it again, um, but there will also be positives that go with that. Um, Talk to people. Everybody says this, you see it, you know, Mental Health Awareness Week, it's okay to not be okay, talk to people, but it genuinely helps. Like, I wouldn't be where I am today if I wasn't able to tell my mom some of the things I've told her. Um, if I haven't been able to tell my friends around me and even like employers, like, you know, like your boss just be like, look, this is, I'm not good today. Like I'm not going to come in. Um, I think that's important as well. And then apart from like the, the, 
the the tangible things I've said, like journaling, setting yourself small goals so you can actually tick them off as a win. It's that, that's a big thing, mm. um, and generally trying to live a more positive lifestyle if if it's possible. I I appreciate not everybody is wired the same in the sense that they're not always the most positive people, but there is always a positive to find. Like, and I'm sorry if somebody says that there's not. I disagree. There will always be a positive. So really try your hardest to find that huge love that yeah you're fantastic i'm so glad that you found us and you've come on honestly like thank you guys so much like it's i i was so nervous beforehand and i could almost feel myself like like welling up getting a bit much to start with but genuinely talking to you guys has been incredible and i'm super super grateful for it and i look forward to continued relationships with the two of you like you know this is is how all our friendships start now we literally <laughs> yeah i've got so many internet friends now yeah, like. so many GPC friends. <laughs> it's funny isn't it you never meet these people like or months years pass and then you finally eventually get to meet them it's like wow this yeah is, i really this hope is we can i really we yeah. need, as soon as i'm home Catherine. we need to do uh a meeting yeah i know desperately, really oh, desperately. um is there anything else josh mm. that you um really wanted to get across or say that you perhaps haven't had the opportunity to yet uh i don't think so i guess the the one thing is just like i'm super grateful to everybody who's helped me um you know it is a journey and uh, it will continue to be but without the people that i've had and the people that are probably listening to this um or will probably see this on my instagram yeah. when i tag you guys afterwards and once it's all ready then you know thank you so much from like the barber that cuts my hair to the friends that I haven't spoken to for a while mm-hmm. or the friends that are just happy to sit there in silence with me and yeah like I appreciate that. all of them and well Aww. I think it's amazing that you I mean I'm always baffled how people like one year on can have this outlook um so have this conversation with us to be honest as well, yeah true um and what I would also say to you Josh is like don't be like shocked or disheartened if you know a year down the line you don't feel the same way you do right now because it is such a journey like you it's so hard to be this um it is so hard to be this positive all the time and we all even to the that's one of the most valuable things that I get from this podcast is speaking to people that are eight ten years into their grief Mm -hmm. and still feel the same way um yeah it's a journey I think especially when like Sam and I can really um empathize with you because both of us are also very very positive people and people expect us to be positive all the time um which obviously it's not always that easy so yeah just make sure that you know you take time for yourself and it's okay not to always be upbeat (laughs) yeah 100 percent. i appreciate that i think that's that's honestly such great advice yeah thank you Uh, wow what a way to start a Friday morning, guys. What a way right. to end Thursday evening. I'm going to go enjoy my family now in the house and leave this car. <laughs> oh, my God. Josh, speaking of being insensitive, earlier, Kat was like, I'm in the car. And I was like, I'm in my mum's car. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. But I didn't even notice it straight away. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> also, a quick one on being insensitive. Um, a local shopping centre to me, put out a status today saying exciting news card factory are officially opening their doors at brian's key tomorrow bang on time for father's day tag someone who still needs to get their father's day card well 
Father's Day cards, isn't there? I've been screenshotting every every um like Father's Day ad that I've been shown for like the past three weeks. <laughs> so fucking many. Oh, it's ridiculous. Oh. One thing I will say that's good about that, I posted about the other day, is an app called or a company called Thoughtful that that honestly have the mess the most amazing cards. They email me to say, Hey look, Father's Day is coming up. We appreciate it. it's a sensitive time for some people. If you'd like to opt out of emails for this, please let us know. So More, like literally oh, ping yeah, us straight away. Yes, the best. But then the Thanks. irony is on the tube as like literally every morning the tube stop that I have to get off at right in front of you i view it as father's day don't forget to buy your presents blah 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 <laughs> it's so Literally, funny. it's it's brutal man it's like a it's a war zone out there for mother's day and father's day events like oh stay also, strong kids yes really quick side note before i uh, run away i'm actually going to a breakfast tasting this morning what about you guys anyway um i i'm thinking of calling, I think it's the 14th, Friday the 14th, just for Father's Day, a fatherless Friday. So I'm mm-hmm. going to be sharing lots of fatherless Friday stuff on there. I love that. Well, it's my mom's birthday that Friday, so I will gladly oh. join you in that and I will be celebrating my mom's birthday with her. So. Oh, gorgeous. Well, thank you so much, guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. No, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this week's DPC podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have and have found some comfort in the stories that you've heard today. If you've resonated with anything we've said, have any questions or want to get involved, please do contact us. We're on Instagram. It's at DPC Podcast. You can email us on dpcpodcast at hotmail.com or we have a contact form on our website www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. We have a whole bunch of resources over on our website. More information about dealing with grief, losing a parent and professionals to contact if you should need it. Because as Kat so eloquently said in our first podcast, we're not providing healthcare, we're just chatting shit. (laughs) If you think this podcast could help someone, then we would love for you to share it. We upload new podcasts every week, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Loads of love from Sam and Kat. See See you next next Tuesday. Tuesday. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.